This is a very famous passage, Luke chapter 10, verse 38 to 42. Excuse me. We're going to read it. Now, as they were traveling along, he, being Jesus, entered a village, and a woman named Martha welcomed him into her home. She had a sister called Mary, who was seated at the Lord's feet, listening to his word. But Martha was distracted with all the preparations, and she came up to him and said, Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me to do all the serving alone? Then tell her to help me. But the Lord answered, said to her, Martha, Martha, you are worried and bothered about so many things, but only one thing is necessary. Your Mary has chosen the good part, which shall not be taken away from her. There are two easy mistakes that we can make with this story. The first is to just put it in the, like, women's category. Like, here's a story for the ladies. Ladies, you get Ruth in the Old Testament, and you get Mary and Martha in the New, okay? Ladies' stories, okay, that's absolutely not true. Second is similar, so we turn it into a personality profile. Personality test, are you a Mary or a Martha? And it just gets a super, by the way, I don't know if I've ever been asked if I'm a Mary or a Martha. I feel like it's the, the ladies that talk about it. Is that right? Ladies, if you like, uh, are like, had that thing, like, anyway, I, I, I never get asked that question. Um, and, you know, it, it comes down to, are you a hard worker or are you, are you a relater? They're both good. Relater's better. They're both good. You know, that sort of thing. Um, but I want to I wanna look at this. Uh, I think there's more going on here than those very like, sort of surfacey things that, that come out a lot of times. Um, so I want to look at that. And I want to start with Martha herself, okay? First of all, <clears throat> who is this woman? I, I want to draw your attention to the fact that it said it was Martha's house. Now, it could be that she was married and just didn't mention her husband, but these guys are mentioned a few times, and, and there's stories about them, and we, we have no indication that she's married. I don't think that she is. I think it would have told us if she was. It says it was her house. She's definitely the one in charge in the story, isn't she? She's, she's always, she's in charge. I think, if I could speculate, I, I, I would suggest, I think it's very possible that, Mar- that Martha was a businesswoman and that she might have been one of the, the women that supported Jesus' ministry. Because remember, Jesus' ministry was supported by wealthy businesswomen. Like the Proverbs 31 woman, you know, you think of the Proverbs 31 woman. Um, it's, not some, it's not a woman who is like uh, uh, just only works in, in, in the home. Like she's, she's a businesswoman. She's got, she's got different streams of income coming in here, right? That could be Martha. This is a very competent woman. She knows what, what, uh, uh, what she's doing. She's used to being in charge, okay? Um, my, probably the oldest sister. We don't know if Lazarus, the brother, lived there or not. But clearly... Martha is taking responsibility. Now, what we have, she lives close to Jerusalem. And uh, when it's feast time, you see people, you know, going toward Jerusalem. She lives in Bethany, just outside the city. And all these, these people staying in houses and just sort of cramming in there. Well, Jesus and the disciples have chosen their home. And so we're talking about at least one rabbi and, and 12 belching disciples that she is housing, right? 
So she probably has a big enough place. Like I would assume that she's a woman of some means here to be able to, to do that, have a place that's big enough um, and, and have means to be able to, to pay for food and drink and all of these things. So um, we see her then with the responsibilities of hosting. Some of you guys are great at hosting. Some of you guys are, like me, not great at hosting. There's so much to do. Oh, my goodness, there's so much to do. She has it. She's boom, boom. She knows what she's doing. Like, you're going to go to, you're going to say, Martha, tell me what to do next. And it's going to be a good time if you do that, right? Well, Mary is not doing those things. Mary is uh, uh, right here sitting and, and not with her. So she gets... She gets very upset. She gets upset with her sister, and she lashes out, but she does it. <laughs> it's really kind of, honestly, if you think of the situation, it's, like, kind of embarrassing for her. Like, she goes, instead of to Mary, she goes to Jesus. Like, she interrupts Jesus' teaching. She goes, like, taps on it. It's kind of a cringy moment, actually. You know, She's like, would you please tell my sister to help, you know? <laughs> but, you know, Jesus, being Jesus is so cool about it. He's, he's, really, he's not defensive. He's not angry. Here's what he says, Martha, Martha. He speaks her name, and he speaks it twice. Now, if you are of a certain age, that might be, you might hear that as like a Martha, Martha, because it sounds like Marsha, Marsha. <laughs> Some of you guys know what I'm talking about. There's a TV show, Marsha, Marsha, right? It sounds like Martha, Martha, you know, but that's not it. This is, he's not going tisk tisk, silly Martha, always working. You're always working, just that's not, that's not the tone. There's a, there's, a, there's a closeness that happens uh, um, when, when, there's, when there's emphasis, when you have the doubling of the name. There's, there's a, an emphasis, and it's sort of an intimate emphasis. For example, think of David when his son dies in battle and his anguish. What does he say? Absalom, Absalom, my son. Think of Jesus weeping over Jerusalem. Oh, Jerusalem. Jerusalem, crying over them, right? Think of Jesus on the cross. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? There's closeness implied in that doubling. I think he's saying, Martha, Martha, I, I see you, Martha, I see you. There you are. And then he goes somewhere I don't think she was expecting. He says, he doesn't, he doesn't answer her. So often, you know, you get Jesus to come settle a dispute, be careful, right? You think he's going to be on your side. James and John had to learn that too. Would you settle this? Which one of us can be on your right hand? Don't, don't do that. He's not going to do it. He goes somewhere different. He, he says, you are worried and bothered about so many things. Now, I was, I, I, I looked at the Greek because, <clears throat> you know, you know, if you're a pastor, it's a good way to flex to use the Greek. Because we have fancy Bible programs that the Greek can show up. Sometimes it's uh, uh, um, just something you do to fill a sermon. But um, sometimes you don't find very much in there. The first one, for example, uh, uh, worried, you know, it's like to have many cares, right? It's worried, yeah, okay, that's pretty much what it is. But sometimes you run across a word and there's like color in it. I'm like, oh, I got to share this. Okay, check this out. The second word, which is translated bothered, it's, uh, it's really colorful. It's a passive form of a word, thoribas. Uh, uh, you want to say that with me? Thoribas? Oh, see, don't you, don't you feel smarter just saying a Greek word? There you go. It means tumult or uproar. It's passive. It means, so like, 
you're receiving tumult and uproar, right? Here's examples, uh, like a noise. It's noise, okay? And, and not like noise, uh, like noise. Um, <laughs> sorry. Um, tumult, uproar of persons wailing. means of, of a clamorous and excited multitude of riotous persons, right? Or I like this one, a tumult as a breach of public order. So you have those like colorful definitions. So think of it this way. It's almost like Jesus saying, Martha, Martha, you have so much noise going on in your head. You have a, a multitude of riotous persons in your head. And they're breaching public order. You have a riot going on in your head. It's people that are walking around and screaming and they have, they have posters and, and they, they're, they're, they're breaking windows and now they're chanting, you know, stop your wishes to help with the dishes, like, you know, that kind of thing. It's just like <laughs> coming and oh my goodness, all of these voices are screaming inside your head. You see what he did? She thought the problem was something external. And Jesus says, uh-uh, there's something going on the inside, Martha. You know what this reminded me of is this great scene in the movie Seabiscuit. You guys ever see this movie? Wonderful book. Um, the movie was, was, was okay. It was pretty good. Um, but there was this scene where Red, the jockey, because, you know, Seabiscuit's a racehorse, right? Where the, the, the jockey, he loses this race. But the reason he lost it is because somebody fouled him right in the beginning, like slammed into him. And he got so mad at that guy that he forgot about the race and just tried to retaliate the whole time. He kept like slamming him. He's trash talking. He's like, how does that feel? He's doing that. And then he, he ends up losing the race to another horse because of that. So the trainer is furious afterwards. He's like, what do you think you're doing? And he goes, he fouled me. He goes, so what am I supposed to do? He fouled me. You're not supposed to do anything. I'm just supposed to let him get away with it. He fouled me. And then the owner looks and he goes, son, what are you so mad at? That's what Jesus does here. She's not helping. She's not helping. Make her help. Martha, why are you so stressed? Jesus will address what's going on in here. This is not a story about a person who likes to work too much. It's about a person whose mind is raging with the noise of a thousand voices and who channels that noise into constant activity even after all the necessary work is done. She can't stop. How do you see why I say this isn't just a woman's story? A whole lot of men that struggle with this too. In fact, I might know more men who I feel like this is their MO than women. You keep on, keep on going. I, I, would, I would dare say if this story was the basis for a personality profile, today the vast majority of us would be Martha almost all the time. And it's not because of the obsession to work. It's because of all the noise and the voices. You see, Martha had a lot of obligations, you know. She, she had a storm in her head. She had that riot in her head. She had a lot of obligations. She was an older sister. She was a homeowner. She, like I say, probably had a good job or, or a good business running. She had... She had the demands of work and a family and now of being a hostess of Jesus and, and these, these 12 men, and, and she's feeding them. She's taking care of them. She might have had to worry about things like crowd control. I don't know, because these guys drew a crowd all the time. And, 
And on top of that, I mean, her, her primary guest was Jesus. You know, that could even give you a little bit of stress, you know. Oh, it's Jesus is here, like, you know. So there's pressure. Don't get me wrong. There's a clamor. There is. Thoribas. But what's your Thoribas? I would wager that it's louder than Martha's. You know why? Here's why I say this. You have those personal obligations yourselves. You might have spouse and children. You've got brothers and sisters. Maybe you have parents and other family. You've got those. You, you have work responsibilities. Maybe you own your own business. Maybe you work for somebody else. But that's, that's pressure, isn't it? You have the voices of obligation. You have the voices that say, you have to do this, you have to do this, and this, and this. Uh, uh, and then you have voices of, like, the inner critic that won't shut up and is always telling you, you don't, you're not doing this well enough, Right? And then the voices of comparison. You, you're not doing this as well as that person. You've got a lot of that stuff that Martha had. But you know what? You have, you have a lot more than that. You have the voice of tribes in your head. And it's loud. You have voices that tell you you ought to be angry about this or that. And they're screaming. You've got voices that tell you to wake up, people, and think like I do. You've got voices that tell you you have to, to care about this piece of legislation more than anything else in the world, or are you even awake and do you care? You've got voices that tell you you have to be afraid of this person or this movement. You've got voices that tell you you have to post this hashtag or this kind of picture to prove that you care about injustice. You've got the voice of guilt that says, look how messed up the world is, and there you are eating a chicken sandwich. What's wrong with you? That's a lot, isn't it? I'm not, guys, I'm not even being specific. I don't care what side of political aisles you're on or whatever else. All I'm saying is there's a lot of noise. There's a lot of stuff to care about, isn't there? And that is pressure for every single one of us. That is tumult. We have a lot of daily pressures that Martha did, but the voices are way louder because we live in the loudest time in all of human history. Say that easily. No question about it. No question about it. The tumult in our heads is coming from everywhere. Everyone's yelling. I remember, I remember last year when everyone was posting their opinions about the Oprah interview with, with Harry and Meghan. Do you remember this? And everyone's just like, oh my goodness, what did you think? Whose side are you on? Like, aren't you on the side of the royal family? Because there's prince and princess, and then there aren't anymore. And, or are you, are you on the side of the ones who broke away and bucked the system? And, and there's all kinds of stuff involved in here, like uh, the relevance of the monarchy and, and of power and, and, and power families, and there's racial stuff, and there's all of this stuff going on. And so people were posting all of these things. And guys, I didn't watch the interview, and I didn't care about it. I, I've just never, the royal family has never interested me. I, I don't know. It's a, maybe if they were in America, I would care. I don't know. It's just never been something that's captivated me. There's plenty of Disney movies that are about princes and princesses, and I'm like, okay, that's fine, but I don't know. And so I, but I was so, I was just like, I, why, why is there this pressure to know about this and then to form an opinion on it. I, my opinion is not going to change anything, you know? So, so I, I, I proposed on Facebook, maybe it's okay to, you know, like, not know about every international news story. Like, maybe that's okay, you know? Like, like do we really need to know all, all of them? Like, do we really have to have an opinion about 
about all these things. And not that it's important or there aren't important issues in all of these things. Of course, there are. But we're so limited, and our mental and emotional energy is so limited. So I propose, you know, maybe we should just be able to pick a handful of big things to care about and know what we're called to and devote most of our energy, the vast majority of our mental and emotional energy to those who we're actually with. And I firmly believe that. But I think many of us, most of the voices we listen to are the ones out there that we can't actually do anything about. And that's a problem. So this is true of every major issue of the day. We, we have a hundred stories, new things that come out every day that represent, maybe represent important debates, but people expect us to become experts on the story. And, and usually that means to read the specific article that I just read. Now you're an expert. Like, do you know what I mean? Like that's, that's hard. That's heavy. You can't, we can't do this. We're too small. We're too small. A friend of mine sent me this quote. She said, our souls are meant to be village-sized. They aren't meant to carry the weight of grief of the whole world. And I think that's so true. I don't think we were designed to have access to this much information because it, it, it's, it's too much. We were meant to know about a community and to care about a community. And I'm not saying we shut those things out. Please hear me. I'm not saying don't read the news. I'm not saying don't be involved. Please but you're not designed to be able to carry those things or feel so deeply about all of these things. In other words, you're not designed to listen to the Thoribas. It's too much. So it's no wonder that we're stressed out because now we know the grief and the cares of the whole world. The click of a button. All of those things, and they're overwhelming. It's no wonder we're so stressed because now we know we know about everyone else's battles. And I, please, I don't mean to make light of, of, of these things, but guys, is it really a good thing to know about that random school board meeting in Lima, Ohio? Like, is it really, I just made that up, is that really a thing like that is, we just need to carry around with us all day? Is it, is it really so important that we watch that interview with that city councilman in that little town somewhere near Orlando who quoted that other guy that we don't like? And if he gets his way, will we even have a country anymore? So we have to stop. I just want to suggest we need to stop. We weren't made for this. We weren't made for this. And this is an especially crushing thing, I think, for our young people. And we're talking about this epidemic of anxiety that's with all of us, but especially with our young people. You know why? Because our young people are really geared towards justice, and I think that's a really wonderful thing. But what happens when every injustice is displayed before your eyes? How can you stop it all? You can't. How do you know what to be involved in? I have to do that, but if I'm not doing that, then I'm not doing this, and I've got I've to do all of these things. And hearts get pulled in a thousand different directions, and you never feel like you're doing enough. You never know if I'm doing this thing, ah! And I think that is a massive cause of anxiety with our young people. So what happens? We get overwhelmed, and what do we do? We might become like Martha. We channel the Thoribas into work. Because you have to do something with that energy, right? 
So she works, and she works, and she works. And, and, and well, that can be healthy for a while, but eventually, you know, Peter doesn't need a fourth espresso. You know what I'm saying? Like, he thinks he does, but that's no longer necessary. So you can sit down. Peter's okay. No, no, no. Peter, stop it. You're fine. You know what I'm saying? Like, they, that happens often. We can channel all of our energy into work, and then eventually you're just doing busy work all the time. That's one way. Another thing that happens is, is it, it's not do, do, do. It could be distract, distract, distract. I have to distract myself away from all of these voices. Like, I am so stressed out now about that thing that I just saw or that interview I just heard or that statement that somebody said. I'm so worked up. And please, I'm not even making light of it. I know there's a lot of things in this world, right? But what do you do with that? We can try to run and, and hide from it. Going to distract ourselves from it. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to scroll endlessly on social media to distract myself from all of the, the voices. Like you see how that's a harmful, endless loop, right? Infinite loop. That's like, that's not good. Or it could be, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to read, or, or which is a better way I would suggest. But, or, or, you know, for me, like, I, I'm, I, well, I'm going to watch basketball. <laughs> distract, distract, distract. Noise compels us to do something. But it doesn't. It doesn't solve anything when we do those things. And forgive me, I know I'm hammering. I know I'm hitting this really, really hard. <laughs> but I think it's so important because Jesus draws attention now to something better. He draws attention to Mary. Remember Mary in this story? <laughs> when we talk about Martha. Mary, Martha's little sister, what is she doing in this story? We can't assume that Mary is allergic to work. That's pigeonholing Mary. Don't pigeonhole Mary and Martha. They're the second most pigeonholed people in the entire New Testament. You know who the first one is? Doubting Thomas. It's in his name, like his nickname. Like all he's doing is walking around and is like, hey, I think it's going to be a good day, eh, Thomas? I doubt that. Like, is that what he's doing all the time? Like, give me a break. He was actually the first one to like confess of the deity of Jesus, my Lord and my God, you know, like, Wow, why can't we praise him for, whatever, okay, that's a different thing. <laughs> Mary, I don't think we need to assume she was somehow allergic to work because she was sitting at Jesus' feet. She probably knew how to work just fine. In fact, it could be that this was part of the unusual thing, like, what's wrong with you, Mary, right? So what is she doing now? She is, she is sitting at Jesus' feet. You know what she's acting like? She's acting like a disciple, <laughs> Which in itself is weird. That would have been culturally like, oh my goodness. I wonder if that's part of the reason Martha was so irritated. Because women weren't disciples. We serve and the, here's the disciples are all men, right? <laughs> so that could be part of it. But while Martha is stewing beneath her tumult, Mary has quieted herself. She has shushed the thoribas. She has attuned her ear to a single Voice, and that's the voice of Jesus. And Jesus said, Mary has chosen the good part which shall not be taken away from her. It's better. And I think of myself sometimes and how often I'm like, God, why don't you speak to me? When in reality, here's what's going on. I'm running all these errands. I'm jumping in my car, going to Safeway. Lord, why aren't you talking to me? Well, but if you talk, you have to talk extra loud because the guy on the podcast is ranting right now, you know? Like, Lord, please, why? Like, if you don't be quiet, 
then how can you ever expect to hear him? The Holy Spirit usually whispers, guys. He only yells when he's ticked. <laughs> That's not true, but you know what I'm saying. I believe God speaks to us. I believe he can speak to each and every one of us. And I believe the vast majority of the time, it's when we actually shut our mouths and quiet our hearts so that we can actually hear him. And that's what he longs for us to do. We were made to hear his voice. I know there's work to do, you guys. I know there are storms that are raging. I don't deny that. But I just think we give way too much mental and emotional real estate to those storms. The real ones and the imagined ones. And sometimes I, I think we just need to quiet our hearts and lean into our Father to shut out the noise and to focus on the, the voice of the one who loves us. I've fallen in love with Psalm 131. It's only three verses. Here it is. Oh, Lord, my heart is not lifted up. My eyes are not raised too high. I do not occupy myself with things too great and too marvelous for me, but I have calmed and quieted my soul like a weaned child with its mother, like a weaned child is my soul within me. Oh, Israel, hope in the Lord from this time forth and forevermore. A simple psalm of leaning into the one who loves us. There's nothing frantic about this. This is a weaned child. This isn't a child that's just coming because they're hungry and just wants to, uh, I just need to eat, I just need to eat. It's not it. It's a child who is resting with the one who loves him. This is what we have been invited into, but I got to be honest with you. I, most of the time, don't resemble this child. This is an invitation, though, that I think the Lord is saying, this is what you can have. You can lean into me. You can hear my voice and silence the rest. You can be like Mary. When I was a boy, we were visiting my aunt and uncle in North Carolina. And uh, I was probably maybe seven or something. And <clears throat> they had a mobile home and we were, we were staying with them. And uh, as, uh, as always happens when you're visiting relatives in a mobile home, a, uh, a tornado hit. <laughs> it's like the storms watch the movies or something. It's crazy. We, we got word there's a tornado warning, right? And we're like, oh, well, this is kind of okay. Uh, we had tornado warnings in Texas, but there was something about this one. It was, pretty, uh, it was pretty intense. And my dad and my uncle were both gone on a missions trip. So we're there, and uh, we all crammed in the bathroom. I mean, there's not a whole lot you can do in a mobile home because... If that thing hits your trailer, it's like you're going to Oz. Um, so we, we crammed in that bathroom, and uh, just my mom and my aunt and a whole mess of kids, and we had a, a hauled in this mattress, and the mattress was blocking the windows. And we shut the door, and we're crammed in there, and we hear this loud, loud sound. The rain starts, and it's just so loud. And then suddenly it gets louder. And we're all sitting there, and, and we're, like, crying and scared. And I look over at my mom, and she's holding my little brother, Nathan, and she's swaying with him like this. And she's swaying, and we're hearing the storm, and she's swaying, and she's, she's singing this. 
Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. And somehow, her voice is what I remember. The voice of the one who loves us. The voice of the one who loves us. It's louder than the voice of the storm. This is our invitation to let the voice of our Savior cut through the thoribas. We're going to put this Psalm 131 up here, and I want to invite you to quiet your hearts and just listen through the song that Bo's going to play. And just, just do, just swim in the words of the song or in the, in the words of the psalm, and just let your heart be still for a moment. Thank you, Jesus. 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 May we learn to lean into you, Jesus. May we cultivate a quiet heart to hear your voice. Thank you for seeing us through the storm.